Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Adam Long. Adam from Focus Newspaper. FocusNewspaper.com is where you can find out his reviews and uh, a lot of other things as well. Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. well how about yourself? Wonderful. Well, Happy New Year to you, man. The first time we've talked uh, in this uh, 2015 year, our first show uh, officially of the year. We're happy to happy to be chatting and hanging out, talking movies, and uh, it is, uh, man, it is awards season. And so uh, for the next few weeks, we're definitely going to be talking about uh, awards, and there's a lot of stuff going on between now and next Friday. Uh, just to let our listeners know, uh, this coming weekend, um, live on NBC, uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m.-ish, you can check out the Golden Globe Awards. Uh, that's uh, this Sunday, January the 11th, from 8 to 11 p.m.-ish. Got to say that. And then next week, uh, next week, the Critics' Choice Awards, uh, Critics' Choice Movie Awards, I get to vote on this each year. And uh, this is the 20th annual Critics' Choice Awards. This will be airing live on A&E next Thursday night. Uh, Critics' Choice Awards has been one that in the past 10 years has been the, um, the most accurate predictor of who will receive Oscar nominations, which is really interesting. And um, they've, they've been very proud of that, and uh, I think the, uh, rightfully so to be proud of that. Uh, that just so happens to be the same day, and that is next Thursday, the 15th, 9 p.m. on A&E. That's the very same day that the Oscar nominations actually are announced. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next week as well as we kind of go over that list of winners and uh, and share those kind of things. So, uh, Adam, uh, I hope you had a good uh, good good Christmas break and uh, good time just to be uh, be with family and uh, and reflect as we uh, dive into this new year. Yep, yep. Uh, it was uh, certainly an eventful um, holiday, as you well know, for me. So uh, things have, things have changed a little bit there, but uh, while well, still keep uh, keep on keeping on with the movies. Yeah, and, and congratulations to you on, on having a significant other soon to be in your life officially in uh, the not-too-distant future, so congrats on that. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and uh, she's, uh, she's been a faithful movie buddy, uh, my, been my faithful uh, movie partner to all these screenings here throughout the award season, so uh, we've known each other quite a while and uh, just reconnected uh, last year after having known each other over 30 years, and uh, it's, uh, it's really nice. Well, that's really pretty nice. pretty awesome. Well, you, do you want to share her name? So, uh, or do you want to yeah, keep that? Yes, uh, why not? Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Freda. That's my other half. That's my uh, my fiance. And uh, like I said, uh, we uh, we are uh, we have no date set yet. But uh, we, you know, we're just uh, it's, there's a lot to do before that can happen. As you well know, you've been there. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you, and uh, we're happy for you and Freda, and uh, we we wish you guys the best, and we look forward to. To hearing more as uh, as that date comes, so uh, congratulations well, to you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and uh, she has definitely uh, she has de- as the old Kenny Rogers tune says, uh, "You decorated my life." She's she's certainly done that. Awesome, uh, for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring out the gambler, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, 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 not the gambler, not the gambler. No, 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 no. no we won't go there. Well, man, you know, um, over the past few weeks, um, I have been spending you know, time reflecting on um, the films that are considered up for consideration for the year's best. And so many of the films have this kind of ongoing theme, Adam, of characters searching for purpose or, or purpose searching for the characters. And it's really interesting. Um, 
imitation game um, has that uh, has that theme. Boyhood, uh, the theory of everything even has that theme as well. Um, and you, you go and look at um, some of the other films, um, like uh, well, um, Birdman, another great example of, of something that has a character searching for kind of purpose, unbroken. So it's I think it's interesting that the, this time of year there's that theme. Uh, is is kind of universal on so many of these these films, and um, I've, I've just really taken that to heart the past few days as I started writing more and more stuff about them, and I'm like, wow, th- this theme is is pretty uh, prevalent throughout. Um, have you found any other themes that have been uh, been solid throughout this award season from a standpoint of the type of film, or maybe uh, of characters, or uh, or, or focus? Anything that's really stood out uh, for me as far as, um, well, you know, I, I'm with you on the, these uh, films having a unifying theme, exactly. I mean, you're, you're right about that. And uh, I will say this, uh, that a lot of these films have, we kind of predicted earlier on uh, that, that, that the crop of award nominees, uh, were. I, can, I think we kind of had an idea which ones were going to go that way, so... Um, don't think that's a big surprise, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with what you were saying there as far as, in, as, far as a lot of these characters and uh, these films having uh, something in common. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed that too. Um, but I have, this is a rare year where I've seen practically all of them, um, with the exception of the imitation game, which you have seen, uh, and I have not, so... Uh, I think it's uh, one thing that's interesting is that how the Grand Budapest Hotel, which was re- released last March, is still a major player. Here. Yes. Uh, you wouldn't think that a film that uh, was released that far back would have that much, um, would, would have legs like that, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, from a Critics' Choice standpoint, it's a top contender. It's got uh, 11 nominations, uh, the only one that has more. Uh, nominations is uh, Birdman with uh, with thirteen nominations. So, you know if that's if that's telling of what we may see uh, next week with the uh, Oscar uh, announcements coming out for the nominees, uh, I think it's going to be really uh, really an interesting year. Uh, I, I I thought there were you know of these lists, there were several of these films that I liked. Um, several of them I thought were were kind of okay. Um, I don't know that this year I was just completely blown out of the water um, by anything from top to bottom. I think there were some that that I I definitely were on my list. But I just didn't feel like this year was that year that I just said, wow, okay, this this completely blew me away. Now, there were some that surprised me that were nice surprises, and we'll talk about some of those as well. But did you have any uh, out of this list that you felt just really just completely – um, took you to another level. Um, I thought Whiplash did for me. You know that's uh, funny because that really, that's the one that I that, that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, it was a terrific movie. Uh, also, uh, Selma, which could have easily fell into a lot of the biopic tra- trappings that we've seen. You know, the, right. the uh, you know the, these are risky kind of films when you're doing these these uh, historical dramas. These films can so easily just fall into patterns of. Um, uh, formulaic patterns, yep. I guess, yep. for lack of a better word, uh, uh, is what I'm getting at. And I was completely taken aback by how masterfully made 
this film was, and that it was directed by a female, uh, right. nonetheless. That was a big shock to me, because, and uh, not being sexist here, but you just don't see those kind of films typically directed by a female, and it was nice to see a female filmmaking voice who could uh, articulate these type of visions on screen, and uh, very wise choices here with Selma, the fact that they... Uh, that she chose, she and the screenwriters of the film chose to pare it down to a three-month period uh, in his life as opposed to, uh, you know, trying to run the entire gamut of Martin Luther King's life. And I know that a lot of people could say uh, that it's similar to Lincoln because Lincoln did the same thing. Yeah, they right. pared that film down to a couple of months. But uh, for me, for my money, this movie just had a lot more flair uh, than Lincoln did. It just... Uh, Cracked, uh, crackled and popped right off the screen right from the beginning, and uh, I was just more emotionally invested in it uh, just just right from the beginning. And, uh, you know, that one scene with the girls, for those who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know what I'm talking about. There's a, there's a, a very um, jarring event at the beginning of the movie that just kind of takes your breath away involving some little girls, and I won't say any more, and you know what I'm talking yep. about. It's yep. uh you know, it's just—it's powerful stuff. It is. It's—it it is a movie that is one of those epic uh, scope films. Uh, it's got great acting. Um, I, I think it did do what it needed to do. And you, yep. uh, your com- your comparison to Lincoln really is kind of dead on from the standpoint of taking kind of a snapshot of it and not not doing this full blown biopic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're seeing, we're starting to see some more of that kind of thing, even with the movie Unbroken. When that yep. was um, when when I heard that movie was going to be released and uh, Angelina Jolie was going to going to finally make it happen, a, a movie that had been in the making for for years. You know, Tony Curtis was first attached to it uh, back in the the fifties, but then um, because of Spartacus, some things fell you know fell through and Unbroken just kind of fell on the back burner for you know almost fifty years. Crazy, and actually more than fifty years. Uh, one of those films that you just thought, well, it's never going to happen. And uh, and then it finally did. Now, the book itself is 500 pages long. So I said, there's no way that they're going to be able to make this into a compelling film as far as capturing what the book captures, unless you do it in a Gone with the Wind style where you've got a four-hour film. It's just not, you're not going to be able to make it happen. Or unless you, you go the route of recent films where you break it up into two films. But for something like this, you just can't do that. But I think that Angelina Jolie uh, and the screenwriters, including um, you know, one of the Coen brothers, I think they did a, a, a wonderful job saying, okay, you know what, you're right, we can't capture uh, Louis Zamperini's entire life. Let's give you kind of a snapshot backstory, but let's focus on the World War II years. And, and that's what they did. They, they focused really on the World War II years. Sure, you got, you got an understanding of where he came from. You got some of that backstory. Uh, and then at the end, they kind of, as a postscript, said, okay, here's what happened after the war. But mm-hmm. um, And so I think, you know, I was a huge fan of the book. The book itself is one of the best books I have ever read, ever. And that's, you know, yeah. that's that's saying a lot. And, um, you know, when I've got that baggage going in, I, I go in with going, okay, I've got to separate this. This is an adaptation. But in saying that, you know, um, I think that Angelina Jolie did a wonderful job capturing part of his life and and what i say to people if you want to know more about his his story his fuller story go to the book because you're going to get that with the book and and the story when i read the book i said man i said his life 
could be several movies. I mean, there were like five or six different things within his life that could have been a movie on its own. And so, uh, you know, there were some things that, that were left out that I think would have added to the movie. Um, and one in particular, I'm just going to share this. Uh, in real life, um, Louis Zamperini was uh, an Olympic athlete uh, in Germany uh, pre-World War II, and Hitler wanted to meet him. And there was a very interesting meeting with, with he and Hitler. And uh, that did not show up in the movie. And I think that would have added a very interesting little piece in the movie, especially knowing that, uh, you know, eventually uh, the U.S. will be at war with Germany. So I think that was one little thing that I would have loved to have seen. It wouldn't have taken, that would have not taken much time at all because you did see uh, him compete in the Olympics. But, um, you know, these biopics that we always see this time of year, we've got several uh, that have popped up on this list. Unbroken, uh, Theory of Everything, uh, Selma, the imitation game um, are all um, are all biopics um, based on on real people, and um, you know that's interesting to see those. We do see these this time of year, and I think it's great to be able for you and I, especially, to be able to, to go in and see these kind of lives unfold and see how uh, directors and, and writers choose to do that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and uh, like you said, there have been uh, quite a few of these. Uh, biopics that have cropped up and um you know some of them were a little formulaic i used that word earlier but i'll use it again for lack of a better word uh for the the theory of everything to me was one that just uh you know had some good moments in it but i just didn't really feel the uh the um just didn't just really didn't pop for me uh did, didn't feel the emotion like i expected to um the parts of it were better than the whole, um, uh, you know, and Unbroken also, there were some formula moments in it as well, I thought, although there are some very moving moments in it. So I, I kind of think the theory of everything in Unbroken for me were almost neck and neck. They're, they're good, but not great, uh, n- neither of them. But uh, there are some some interesting, uh, of, of the three of the biopics, uh, Unbroken and Theory of Everything and Selma, I would say Selma's your best of those. Uh, and then we have uh, the biopic, I guess you'd call it a biopic, it's, although it's about somebody we, who's not in the public consciousness, would be uh, Wild, the Reese Witherspoon movie. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, the story of somebody's life, although they're not a public figure. But uh, that's a terrific film as well. Uh, if you want to talk about films about dealing with people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, anyway, and, Reese, uh, and Reese Witherspoon did get a nomination uh, as Best Actress, and she should yes. have. Uh, that it's the You and I have said this, the best work she's done in, in a number of years, and uh, it was just really great to see her on screen again. And she was also on screen um, in um, the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film as well. Just a small role, but she was on uh, on screen again, teaming up with her... Uh, Walk the Line co-star from uh, years back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, that is interesting how it uh, how it how it uh, comes around. You know how how what you know that uh, all these years later they're back being serious contenders. Yep. At least on the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Well, your theory of everything. I, I I felt the same way you did that. I, I felt like they were kind of going through the motions. Um, I appreciated being able to see 
the story unfold and seeing how the characters became who they became. Because um, it was stuff I'd always wondered uh, about about Hawking in particular, and uh, but I, 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 getting there was almost a task for me at times, and um, I, I think that's kind of what bothered me. I just felt like it was just kind of going through the motions to, okay, here you go. Um, I, I didn't feel uh, really drawn in like I had hoped, and uh, I think that's to me what was missing uh, from the theory of everything. Yeah, yeah, it just, uh, it, it, it had that stuffy feeling like uh, one of those British, uh, one of those BBC dramas or something. It just didn't, it just didn't um, have the emotional content that I was looking for, I guess. I just, I didn't feel the emotional connection myself, so uh, just speaking for me and how I felt. Yeah, now Imitation Game is one that uh, I think the one of the lists that you have not seen, and I, I've got to say that this is a is a is a very good film uh, based on the true story of uh, really the first computer warfare that uh, that happened. It happened in World War II. It, it wasn't when you know it wasn't when we did the Desert Shield, the Desert Storm. I mean, this was uh, this was way way back and. Uh, 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 Benedict Cumberbatch uh, has really come into his own in the past few years. I've been a fan of his ever since uh, watching him. Speaking of the BBC, of watching him play Sherlock Holmes uh, for the for the past several years, and um, I just really the guy. This is the guy, Adam, that I think that down the road we're going to be talking about as far as one of the great British actors who. Um, who we're going to be seeing pop up in uh, yeah. in award caliber films? I think it's going to happen. I really do. He's got the chops. Um, he chooses uh, decent roles. Um, he also is not afraid to kind of step out of that artsy feel and do some other things, as we saw in uh, taking on uh, the, the character of Khan in the last Star Trek film, and uh, and even um, taking a a voice role in The Hobbit, so he's not afraid to do those things, but he's really a talented actor. And The Imitation Game is really based on the true story of um, of, of this group of geniuses trying to come up with a way to break Nazi codes, to break the Enigma code. And in the process, they end up creating a, a, the, one of the first computers. And uh, it's it's really a compelling story of how they get from concept to actual product and making it happen. And then once they make it happen, there are some ethical dilemmas that they have to face and some ethical questions that they have to find the answers to and choices that uh, even make you as an audience member ask the question, how would you respond to it? And uh, I I was really impressed with it. That's the imitation game. Um, Cumberbatch was in that. Um, You've also got... um, um, some other uh, actors and actresses that uh, that you will definitely recognize, uh, including one that you you uh, a female actress that you may have seen uh, quite a few times, uh, hanging out opposite of Jack Sparrow, who does an amazing job. So, uh, oh yes, Imitation Game is one that that I would recommend. Uh, you know, the films that we talk about, Adam, during this time of year are not the the kind that you're not going to be seeing explosions. You're not going to be seeing that kind of stuff for the most part. These are not your, um, your summer blockbuster status, check your brain at the door kind of films. These are ones that you think about 
things that you think about even after the fact and things you want to movies you might want to come back to for that very standpoint and imitation game is one of those yeah uh i that's like i said that's one of the blind spots uh for me i have not had time to sit down and catch up to it but i'm hoping to this weekend hopefully. all right well let's talk birdman um a very unique film uh, the, the next two we want to talk about adam birdman and boyhood both unique films for different reasons. Uh, let's get your thoughts on Birdman, and then I'm going to dive in with some of my thoughts on it as well. Well, I, I think Birdman would have been, could have been, a great film. Uh, it has all the, the the story elements for a great film. It could have been a great character study about a guy who was a former, uh, you know, matinee idol, I guess you would say, one of these guys who had previously starred in a series of superhero films and uh you know he was a, he and he had gotten tired of that and wanted to be uh, taken seriously for his craft and so that you've got an interesting story there unfortunately i just felt like the the movie kind of got in the way of itself uh, because um Inarito, i think that's how you pronounce his name the director of that film he uh just uh insists on adding all these directorial flourishes that i mean the movie opens up with michael keaton floating in midair and i i just from it's it's that kind of those kind of shenanigans that kind of draws drew me out of the the drama that was going on you'd you'd be really with the characters for a little bit and then all of a sudden uh you would have something of this nature there's a scene where he's floating through the air and um you know you get these um, otherworldly elements, I guess you would say, that kind of take you out of the the movie story about a guy who's uh, who's ha- dealing with a, a, a crisis in his life. He's wanting to be taken seriously as an actor. He's got a troubled relationship with his daughter. He's he's uh, financing this uh, Broadway play that may or may not flop. He's got problems with his co co-workers, his, his actors that are in the play with him, and who have ego problems. And you've got all of this, and there's really no reason to have all these all this. Um, these fantasy elements that just intrude upon the, the film for me. But, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting film, but uh, a flawed one, I think. But that's just my, uh, my take on it. Okay. Uh, you know, I found, um, I found those elements, to me, they worked because, for me, I was really getting into the mind of, of Keaton's character, of the Birdman himself. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, he was trying to figure out what his place was in life, what his purpose was in life at this point in his career, and didn't even have one. And he was haunted by this past. And I think, and you saw that. I mean, there were there were times that things were happening, and you're like, man, this guy's going nuts. This guy's going completely nuts. And so those, those fantasy elements, while they were freaky and quirky without a doubt, it worked for me because I was getting into the, the mind of his character. Of his, his character. Um, I thought it was very inventive to... Um, almost feel like you're uh, watching a reality show because it looks like it's one straight cut for the entire film the way it's shot. And that's mm-hmm. very unique and very, very challenging to do. Uh, the film was shot in less than uh, less than a month, and uh, it has a very claustrophobic feel because so much of it takes place um, there in the confines of a kind of a Broadway um backstage you know you, you see some things out uh, outside on Times Square and you do see some things uh, happening on stage but so much of it happens in the confines of, of what's what's going on behind the scenes 
you know, interesting, interesting thing is you've got, uh, and in many ways it was also poking fun at these, um, these kind of Marvel DC superhero juggernaut type films and doing it with characters who have played in those films. Of course, Keaton from, from uh, Tim Burton's Batman, you got Edward Norton, who was the incredible Hulk. Um, you got a character who uh, was in Spider-Man, one who was in the Thor. And so, uh, you know, you've got all these uh, these different lead actors that show up in this in this film that have been in other superhero films. So that was kind of an interesting take to see how that happened. Now, you know, this movie shot, like I said, in less than, um, than 30 days, completely different from Boyhood that was shot over the course of, of 12 years. And um, that was just an interesting parallel when you're seeing these two side by side. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, that's that's uh, and Boyhood, of course, I'm a fan of. Uh, I I uh, just totally went with with Boyhood, but it's more rooted in real life, I guess you could say. Yes. Oh, yes. Maybe that has something to do with it, but. Uh, I did admire Birdman. Uh, the technical stuff you're talking about, totally agree with you on that. Um, it is uh, uh, the, the um, cinematography by Emmanuel Lubizki is terrific, and uh, you know he's the one who shot uh, Tree of Life and so many uh, and Gravity and so many other films. Right. Won an Oscar for Gravity right. last year. Right. So good stuff. Uh, yeah. He's really talented. Uh, but you know, I just felt like some of the story choices. Uh, took me out of, of it, as I said. And uh, so Boyhood would be, of those two films, that, that would be the superior film for me. But uh, that's, just, that's just my take on it. Well, we've got about three minutes. Do you want to share some, uh, some more thoughts on Boyhood and what, what it was about Boyhood that, uh, that stood out to you? Well, uh, uh, you know, they call it Boyhood, but I would say it's more one of my friends uh, who uh, does uh, the uh, Movie Geeks United podcast, he said... Uh, he saw it, and his take on it was it's more. It should be should have been called Parenthood instead of Boyhood, although that title has already been taken, of course. Right, but right. But it's more about being a parent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More so than Boyhood, uh, it's you know about the difficult choices that we face trying to be good parents and making the right choices, and sometimes we don't make the right choices with our domestic partners and such and so on and so forth, and that causes all kinds of. Um, uh, unforeseen un, uh, complications with our relationships with our children and things of that nature. I mean, we're all human, and we, uh, you know, you want to be a good parent on the one hand, but on the other hand, we have a desire to be with other people and uh, to not be alone. That's part of the human experience, and so it's it's tough finding that medium and finding the right person to share your life with, and, and uh, who will, you know, uh, make. Uh, be 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 a good example for your kids as well, and so I mean, there's all these things are explored in the film, and there's a lot more, of course, and of course the Ethan Hawke character in the film, he eventually finds his his way, but yep. it takes him a long time. He's yep. basically a, a man child when we are introduced to him at the beginning of the film, but by the end of the film, he's found some sort of peace with his life, and uh, maybe not in the way he had hoped. He wants to be, he wanted to be a musician, but he's kind of resigned himself to this small town life with this uh, rather. Um, fundamentalist family which is not at all what he expected and sometimes that's what happens you yeah, know, the, yeah. The, the oddest uh, things happen and you wind up in situations uh, and with the person that makes you the happiest is not the person that you would have expected to make you the happiest <laughs> yeah, yeah, so anyway and it deals with all these things in a beautiful way and 
Yeah, I, I, I was just incredibly pr- impressed with a film that literally was shot over the course of 12 years. Yeah. And you're able to keep the same actors bringing them back time and time again to reprise these characters and for there to be a cohesive storyline. And um, were there elements of the film that I think could have been cut out? Yeah, I, I think there were some elements that I don't felt really added to it. But um, I was just so impressed to see these characters literally change before your eyes and realize this, this is not happening because of somebody's, you know, great makeup artist. This is happening because it's really happening with these characters. You know, they are changing and they are becoming different and they are getting older and they're getting wiser, uh, both as actors and as characters. And um, I was just just really impressed that that first they got the funding to do that and uh, that they were able to, to keep that, that entire cast together and to, to make it happen. That was, that was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, and it is, a, it, you know, it is in many ways kind of a, a, a biopic of a, of a family dynamic and, and what can and does happen to families because of those choices and, uh, and finding purpose. And, you, you know, I think Ethan Hawke found his purpose and so did uh, uh, Arquette's character. You know, she ultimately found her purpose, even though toward the end, you know, she, she kind of questioned, okay, wh- what, am I, what am I supposed to do now? Um, and, but that was more of that parenthood issue than anything else. But, um, yeah. boyhood, uh, definitely uh, worth checking out, uh, today. I, they just sent me the Blu-ray of it today. I had a, a screener of it earlier that I got a chance to see. And so there's a documentary, uh, kind of the making of boyhood. And I'm really looking forward to checking that out, uh, as well to, to get a, a clearer well, yeah, glimpse. Uh, well, man, we are about out of time. Uh, any final thoughts or final comments you want to share before I give those uh, dates and times again of the award shows? Well, um, no, not really. I was going to mention a few, a few uh, of the Razzies uh, have, a, have a short list of uh, contenders for their worst films of the year, but uh, <laughs> we can get into that some other time. Yeah, let's bring, let's bring those back next week because we are uh, wrapping it up on time. But uh, I do want to remind everybody, Golden Globes this coming weekend, uh, the 72nd annual, that's Sunday night, January the 11th, uh, at 8 p.m. on NBC. And then next Thursday, the Academy Awards will be announced that same night. The 20th Annual Critics' Choice Award nominations will be uh, presented. The awards will be presented that night at uh, 9 p.m., January the 15th. Uh, Michael Strahan will be hosting, and that will be live on A&E. Next week, Adam will, and I will come back. Adam Long and I will come back. We'll talk about some of the winners and some of the Oscar nominees as well and, uh, and talk about maybe some of our thoughts relating to that. And uh, we can get into the Razzies next week as well. Adam, as always, man, appreciate you taking the time to spend with us talking movies. And your website is what, my friend? www.focusnewspaper.com All right. Make sure you can uh, check us out anytime you want to on WGWG.org, on SoundCloud.com, and on iTunes. Till next time. That's Adam Long. I'm Noel Manning, and you've been listening to Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. That's a wrap.